You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Hey everybody, what's going on? We are getting into part two of Romans 8 creation here. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> what's going on here? Um, so I covered a lot of stuff there in that first episode in part one of this. And, and pretty much suggesting that it's their present time. Something is about to happen. It's about time for this creation, which was old covenant Israel to finally be done with. And the groanings of this will, will be taken away and be, uh, have relief with the, the fullness of the coming of the, the conclusion, if you will, of what has been happening in this 40 year transition period and the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem. And then for new covenant saints to 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 be relieved of what's going on so when we left off we were talking about the uh hebrews 9 romans 8 uh parallels okay there's a lot of these in scripture that you'll start to maybe find if you really study like maybe you know matthew 24 first thessalonians 4 that's a big parallel going on there of all of it discourse and what what Paul is putting forth there. Um, ask me for a little chart, a comparison chart on that if you're interested. Okay, so one thing I want to say is that is you know is this right? Like I feel that it's going in the right direction. Um, it could be wrong. It's just you know it's. I guess it has to deal with dealing with, I don't like inconsistencies, um, but we'll all have them. I know that, but maybe it's time to rethink this part here in, in, in Hebrews eight. Okay. Um, maybe the world isn't cursed, like as in the plants and the animals in the ground, maybe it's humanity. There's two descendants, those of Adam, those of Christ and the manifest sons of God are the new covenant believers that are being revealed to the world to preach the gospel of Jesus and and uh, walk in the ministry of reconciliation. All right. So and and here I also do believe that we still have glorification of of ourselves when we die and we pass here. We will be glorified in the presence of the Lord in heaven. Okay. So. Uh, don't write me off completely, okay? So now we want to get into uh, verse 19 of Romans 8 on this revealing. Um, let me see. The, yeah, the revealing of the sons of God or children of God, all right? So 
when when we were talking about the revelation of glory, which was about to take place in that generation of God's new covenant people, I said that Paul explained what he meant by that when he went on to write verse 21 about that glorious liberty of the children of God. And it was the and the adoption and redemption of their, which is plural, body, which is singular, which is interesting, okay? Think of the body of Christ, okay? So now here at the end of verse 19, we see this another parallel of this, okay? The revealing of the children of God. So what did it mean to reveal his children? If you hear that noise, my son is shooting a water gun at the window. <laughs> and I just looked, and it's my wife as well. <laughs> shooting water guns at the window at me. I love my family. <clears throat> now, I, that just feels awkward. I wasn't saying that in a sarcastic way. I really love my family it's fun that they're shooting water guns out the window it's funny okay so what did it mean to reveal his children okay all right mentioned at the beginning this passage could be indicating that all of this was this transitional phase of god's plan between leaving his old his old creation the old heavens and earth old covenant and moving into his new creation, the new heavens and earth, the new covenant. Okay, um, he he's the curses of the old covenant are going to be taking place. Okay, so this divorce of unfaithful Israel in his wake, right? In his wake of uh, in his wake, the old covenant body of his people had fulfilled its purposes, but they had also failed miserably and and was moving into the brand new covenant body of his people all right so th there is there is a great divide between these two groups of people as they were in essence okay they're vying uh or vouching for the father's love but revelation the book of revelation ind indicates that though old israel would seem to be winning out since they were far greater in number that God himself was absolute or I'm sorry, was about to clearly demonstrate which group national Israel or Christians were his actual chosen people. Daniel seven twenty two prophesied of this, saying that in this event, that judgment would be made in favor of the saints of the most high and the time would then be for the saints to possess the kingdom. Okay, so when? When the Ancient of Days, who is Jesus, came, or in this case, comes in clouds, his parousia. So in this parousia, during the events surrounding 70 AD, all Israel knew and bowed the knee in defeat with the realization that the sect, the sect of Christians were indeed God's children or chosen ones. So now we move to 20 and 21. With the position then that the creation in this context refers to the faithful remnant of each uh, of the generation of God's old covenant people, it shouldn't then be difficult to see how being subjected to futility, not willing, but because of God who subjected them in hope, 
makes sense, okay? For God to work out his plan for man's redemption as he did, he had to break uh, uh, some eggs, so to speak, it says in these notes. His beloved remnant had to endure living under the law of sin, the law of death, as well as as often suffering persecution, even to the point of death, hence groanings of verses 22, 23, and 26, and all a part of their, of their being details in the Lord's picture of what is going on here. So the bondage of corruption in verse 21 refers to the decomposing of the old covenant body of death that that Paul brought up in 724 when he's talking about who will deliver me from this body of death. This body that is dying. It's taking, of course, its members along with it. In 811, let's read 811 real fast. Um, let me hear. Uh, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, so if one didn't want to be in that uh, mortal, that dying body of Moses when it actually died, they had to die to it, Romans 7, 4, and thereby coming to life in the body of Jesus. Okay. Now, in 22, notice here that Paul chose to employ this word together, and this implies that more than a single entity was groaning, okay? So, supporting the ideal of the creation being compromised of the various remnants down through Old Covenant history. Um, reference there is Revelation 6, 9 through 11, okay? So, Paul spoke of God's faithful remnant as a whole here having had to experience the labor pangs of the process and fulfillment of his redemptive plan. All right, so since we've discussed how this transitional period will come to its end, all right, the events in 70 AD, um, we, we, we shouldn't consider then, it's strange, that <laughs> that's my son, we shouldn't consider it strange that Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, um, about the uh, the fall of Jerusalem spoke of the things leading up to it as pains of birth. And I mentioned that in the first episode. Also here in verse 22, Paul wrote of how all the suffering of God's faithful through the ages lasted all the way up until now, okay? Up until that generation. And that's the generation about whom he went on to write in the last verse of the text in verse 23. All right, that, um, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Okay, so. Paul moved from speaking about this, these remnants of God's people in Israel's history to the members of the last of those remnants, which are the ones of his generation, the last generation of God's temporary old covenant people, as they were transitioning into his permanent new covenant people. So, 
what's the first fruits of the spirit, right? Um, so whether we today in our English language, whether we 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 read fruit or fruits in the Bible, um, it, it's hard. We cannot be dogmatic about whether or not the speaker or the writer had single or multiple things in mind if he's not specific about it. Okay, like in Matthew three eight, in Luke. 3 8 we have the same statement that's made by john the baptist um yet in the greek the term for fruit uh depending on your version is singular and in matthew while it's plural in luke okay and in matthew 7 um it 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 changes between singular and plural okay as well so it's it's one of those language things that we have to acknowledge that it exists and not create some sort of theology or interpretative uh, theology uh, out of it, okay? Uh, but but here in verse, verse 23, the writer had multiple things in mind, but it's in a collective sense, okay, in a corporate sense, if you will. To the Hebrews, the term first fruit or first fruits could refer either to that which was especially presented or dedicated to God from whom all blessings flow. This is from James 1, 17 and 18. Or uh, here in Romans 8, to the first taste of that which was about to come at harvest time. In, ja- in James, the people themselves were the first fruits, while here the people possessed the first fruit. So you have that. Secondly, what did it mean for Paul to say uh, that the that the Christians of his day possessed the first fruit of the Spirit. All right. Uh, that one can be tricky. Um, according to Ezekiel 37, the Spirit, all right, um, which is could be breath, <laughs> translated as breath, was given for the pur- purpose of providing life to that. Okay, Spirit, um, uh, to those truly desiring yet lacking the immortality of God. Paul wrote of this in Ephesians 1, telling them that the Holy Spirit uh, of promise was the guarantee of their inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And when the finished work of, uh, or when was the finished work of redemptive life to be realized, all right? Jesus in Luke 21, 28 said, it would, would be at the demise of all things related to Old Covenant Israel. Okay, so these first generation Christians, it's uh, the the found foundation upon whom we are built with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Stone, uh, whereas James said the first fruits who were simultaneously in that time of transition tasting the life that was being breathed into the dead body under the law of sin and death, and they were tasting the glory which was about to be revealed in the true children or saints of God, tasting the fulfillment of their hope, tasting this liberty that was on the horizon and tasting the redemption of that old body of death in which they were residing. All right, so as he spoke then of in in various other passages, all right, Paul was encouraging them in reference to their difficult time in this transition from their old covenant mode of living or existence 
to their new covenant mode of living and existence. They, being the chosen generation to see this fulfillment of the prophecies concerning man's redemption, were, them, were themselves being transformed from one stage of glory into another stage of glory, okay? Transform, like transformed from glory to glory. That trans, the real translation is from the old covenant, the Moses stage, to the new covenant, the Christ stage. Okay, so you're being transformed from glory to glory. You're going from old covenant to new covenant. That's what that verse means. All right, so they just need to hang in there, persevere through this, for their transformation was about to come in its finished product at the time of the harvest, resurrecting that old dead body into this new living body of Christ, known as the church. Now, so with that, um, I just I want to touch upon really fast. I, I double checked here in in an linear. Okay, I want to I want to look at that that in in the ESV in the English when I read that um, in twenty three when it, it says we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now. <clears throat> in Young's, I'm going to read it. Um, it says, And not only so, but also we ourselves having the first fruit of the Spirit, we also ourselves in ourselves do groan, adoption expecting the redemption of our body. Now, the other is... Um, not only now, but even ourselves, the first fruit of the Spirit, having we also ourselves in ourselves grown, divine adoption of sons, awaiting the redemption of the body. Look this up in the Greek. It's Strong's 4983. It can mean body, flesh, or the body of the church, Christ's body. It's used, um, it can be used as the physical body. It's also used as uh, used figuratively of the mystical body of Christ, the church, the one people of God. Now, trying to figure out which usage is going on there can be tricky, but I'm just giving you that information to know that you can go and then divide that and try to try, figure it out. Because you can. You can figure it out. And here, I believe that it's, it means the body. The body that was the remnant, excuse me, of the old covenant that have trusted in Christ as the Messiah and have transitioned from the old to the new covenant. And they're, they're, they're waiting, eagerly waiting and groaning for the redemption of the body of Christ because they're going through persecution, opposition, and all these things that are happening there. So I wanted to throw that in there at the end to make that a little clear in case it seemed a little confusing when I mentioned uh, plural and singular in the one part. But there you go. I believe it's the body. And it's talking about the body of Christ. All right, there you go. What do you uh, what do you think? Any questions, disagreements, comments, anything? 
send them my way at the kingdom project podcast at gmail.com or uh, make a comment on Instagram or Facebook. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be leaven, and thanks for listening. <laughs>